ice water in his veins. I couldn't think of a better place to end the street than Death Valley, South Carolina, baby. Guys going down, guys stepping up. That's what football is all about. And they say we can't do it. What they say now? Should I stay or should I go now? Should I stay or should I go now? Welcome back to the Clemson Podcast. South Carolina had 130 players opt out of the bowl game. Georgia's on track to win its third straight title of coach with the worst haircut in football. Mike Elko would be the 12th man since 1940 to not win a natty at A&M. College football continues to rot from the inside out. Clemson is 8-4 and four and life is good. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Nick, joined tonight by Ben and Jarrett. We're here to recap Clemson's victory 16 to 7 over South Carolina and catch up on a lot of news and a lot more action in college football. Guys, ugly game. Let's not spend too much time on it, but what are your thoughts here? Uh, you know, a few days removed from that one. Um, yeah, it was 16 to 7. Uh, there were three points scored in the second half total. There were uh, 212 yards passing and sh- and Jonathan White's player of the game. Should we move on? Concussions, uh, interceptions. Yep, we're good. Yeah. Let's talk about 2024. (laughs) I just want to say that um, South Carolina deserves nothing more than to have an absolute sellout, raucous crowd, and then watch their team score like three points or a touchdown or whatever, one touchdown. Yeah, and they, so, they shouldn't even have scored that because of the holding that wasn't called on that fourth down. Yeah, exactly. Should so, shout um, out. <clears throat> yeah, I'm glad that uh, – I just want to say I never read your jokes beforehand. So every time you read them at the top of the show, I'm like laughing into my face trying not to laugh out loud. So hopefully whoever's in the car right now. interesting because they're not funny. So I don't know. <clears throat> Weird. It's the that, delivery, that dude. It's the yeah. delivery. This has been the worst podcast season of my life because I've had to host so much and we've only done like <laughs> two man shows. And the hardest part for me is, is just getting started with the jokes to the point where I gave up. I had a killer joke ahead <laughs> of uh, the South Carolina game that included a reference to Donald Trump shithole countries and Columbia, South Carolina. And it made perfect sense and would have offended nobody, right? We're apolitical here. I think everybody would have really enjoyed it, but I just couldn't pull it off. Like it just wasn't funny, but on paper, it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. I can confirm. I have sat here and watched you start the top of the show with a joke and repeat about eight times in a row and go, all right, no jokes. I can't even get even past the joke part of it. I can't even like get the intro down. I have no, no idea how to start. I got, I got better. <laughs> Yeah. So, anyways, Tully, we should let you talk more. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, let's uh, let's move on here, to talk Tully. about this football game. Um, look, off to a great start. Couldn't have asked for anything better than second play of the game, uh, scoop and score a touchdown, and then a, another pick. Khalil Barnes doing what he does. Uh, really has had an awesome year as a freshman, and in fact, so good. Uh, some guys are entering the transfer portal. <laughs> um, not that Barnes chased them out or anything like that. We joke, but. 
Um, yeah, really great start to this game. I think what we were worried about going in, not that we were worried, but uh, what you don't want to do in that environment is just, you know, have a slow start as a team. And um, for them to spot us a 7 nothing lead, you know, that almost was enough to win the game there, there, there in and of itself. I mean, the way it started, I mean, exactly as you mentioned, um, it kind of felt like the t- 2017 national championship game, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yes, obviously yes, not the same atmosphere, the same, you know, opponent or anything, 20, but, you know, the fumble return, then the, immediately the interception, and you're like, this is it. You know, I'm going to hit this nine and a half point spread easy. I mean, we still <laughs> did. It was 16 to seven. <laughs> but um, yeah, didn't see it ended up going like that. I mean, I I get why we didn't pass the ball. We have like no wide receivers left. They obviously weren't going to move the ball and score with, uh, on us on offense or like, or had very little chance of doing so. And the safest bet was just to run the ball. We don't need a sexy win at this point, you know, especially against South Carolina. You just, <laughs> after the loss last year and usually most seasons, any win against South Carolina is, mm-hmm. you know, uh, something worth celebrating except for that one year where we beat them by like three touchdowns and still complained. But um that's really all that matters. We're entitled to that then. So I you know we've mm-hmm. talked about Dabo and his coaching decisions uh in game this year. Again, not a sexy game, but I think he coached it the right way and you know we did what we had to do to win the game. He relied relied on the defense. I think that the by the end of the game, maybe like in the third or fourth quarter when I realized like oh we really are not going to try to do anything to to blow the top off the, of them. We're just literally just going to play conservative and it was working. It was like that Larry David gif where he's like kind of like looking the one way, he's looking the other way. He's like, he's like hey, hey, okay, hey. Yeah, totally. I'll take it. Uh, yeah, I don't love shout, it, but on the other hand, yeah. it works. Yeah. I mean, shout out to, to South Carolina's uh, Super Saiyan Randy Moss that gave us the uh, fumble six and then also uh, couldn't bat down a true freshman to you know, gave up that pick. So I'm just glad that he lived up. Hope he lived up to their hype. Well, and I think, I mean, credit to this Clemson football team for turning things around this year, but yeah, I mean, you pointed right to it. As soon as we started winning the turnover battle, it was a completely different um, scenario, right? What we won this one three to nothing, Mm. Um, completely different team. It's still not a great team. You know, this was never a college football playoff team by any stretch, but it was, fo- sure that. it was a lot better for that. It was a lot better football team than it showed um, over yeah. the half of the season. Um, I agree. It should give people a lot of encouragement and excitement going into next year because I think there's a lot of good pieces coming back, those who haven't entered the transfer portal. Um, but, you know, that and with coaching staff changes, you know, the foundation is there. Um, just need to build upon it. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely get into the staff changes and why we have optimism for the offense moving forward. But Ben, I think you hit it earlier. This game was really about the defense and what they did, what they showed with yet again. Um, a lot of heart from this team. Um, I think for me, the highlight was, you know, we don't want to see any kids get injured or anything like that. But Xavier mm-hmm. Thomas's tackle on Mario Anderson was pretty much a thing of beauty. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, great to see him go out on top. He's going to play in the bowl game. He had an awesome game. We already mentioned Barnes. Um, Nate Wiggins had an awesome game. So much so, mm-hmm. I think uh, Shane Beamer was like congratulating him or something on the field. I don't know if you guys saw that part. I think he oh, wait, no, he was uh, complaining to him about tackling his players. That's kind of <laughs> weird. Mm. 
That's classic uh, crying Shane over there. It sounds illegal, so I don't blame him. Um, going back to the Mario Anderson, we'd be remiss not to point that out because everybody saw what we did. Um, and what a really shitty move by the USC coaching staff to let that kid back in the game. There is no way he belonged to that football game after that. We all saw the look in his eyes. Um, and I know yeah, they're on Beamer, right, Ben? Like It's not be- Beamer. That's why I said the coaching staff, the medical staff. Yeah. It's not Beamer. Beamer doesn't know what's going on live. But uh, the, that coaching staff is still full of adults. Um, they failed him. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. That kid did not belong back on that football field. Um, and it was a shame to see that because, um, yeah, he was seeing stars. I mean, if that was Phil Maffa and, you know, Clemson's coaching staff and running back out there, we'd be saying the same thing. Oh, it's yeah. Be yeah. Well, because we know at this point we have the evidence with, with mm-hmm. the head trauma. And uh, we also have the folks who have gone through that in CTE and we've seen the suicides. We've seen the other things like it's it's a real mm-hmm. thing. Um, and I think football has put in a lot of great protections over the years. I mean, I hate the same way that the game has been kind of watered down. You can't hit anybody anymore, but, um, I do, uh, really do believe in protecting the players, especially these young kids. And that was, that was kind of disgusting to see. And, you know, I, actually I, vicious, hope, I yeah. hope we would have felt the same that way. Part. I yeah. hope we would have felt the same way had we seen, um, mm-hmm. from Mafa. hundred percent. Um, well, just allowing the seven points, guys, you know, I thought it was it, it was once again a defensive clinic. Uh, great to see. We had a lot of contribution from young guys, as we mentioned, and really guys going out. Um, I know some guys have already declared for the draft and declared they're going to be leaving. I know XT is going to be playing in the bowl game. Have you guys heard of anybody else from the defense? You know, I know Rook is going to go into the draft. I'm sure he'll play in the senior bowl type stuff. I'm not sure about the <clears throat> Rook and TD are uh, two-time senior bowl invitees, but I don't um, know. Uh, yeah, Jeremiah so. Trotter, Trotter, going to the draft. Yeah, do you know? Um, do you know their bowl status? I think or... they're all sitting out. Yeah, I haven't heard. I'm comfortable think. with that, to be honest. I mean, as much as I would love to see them suited up one last time and beat yeah. another mm-hmm. SEC team here, um, I feel like getting the youth movement, especially with a new defensive ends coach. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Rump's going to be like on the staff coaching for the bowl, maybe not, but. Oh, um, totally. Like, I think just getting the, getting the backups, those reps is going to be really important. Yeah. yeah I, don't they th- let, I don't think they, Rump will be there. I'm pretty sure he's still coaching yeah. with the Vikings, right? For the rest of the season. He took a leave of absence, but who yeah, knows? Gotcha. He, he had already been on a leave of absence, but yeah, I could, okay. I could see that taking a while for him to get ingrained. I'll bet on that he will be there because um, I just feel like that's what they're going to do. I mean, he's not, he, he'll probably be just like shadowing Easton and stuff like that, but I think you'll see him out there. So uh, Ben, I'll take that bet. You owe me a sandwich if he's uh, out there. Knuckle sandwich. Oh God. Wait. I got you. Anything else <laughs> yeah, to say guys? I mean, Ben, you, uh, you called it earlier though. The player of the game by far, Jonathan White's. Um, mm-hmm. And I would give honorable mention to Aiden Swanson. Yeah. What Special a, teams. What a just, you know, what an amazing story that was perfect for this season when we're, you know, we weren't going to play for anything anyways, mm-hmm. you know, whether or not RG's, uh, RG3's kicks went in or whatever. And I mentioned in the last episode that, you know, he, he was really close all year and all his misses. Mm-hmm. Like, they were good kicks. Yeah. And to have him come through in this game and be the difference in it, um, just a really cool story and kind of ending to that 
narrative, but hopefully next year we're not faced with the same situation. Yeah, I would, uh, I would like to not have to call uh, Kelly Bryan off the couch to, <laughs> to save us or backup game. No, no disrespect KB. Yeah, I don't have too much else to say, guys, in this one. I mean, mm -hmm. obviously they hyped Xavier Leggett up quite a bit, and he did not live up to the billing. I mean, it was a bit of a cat-and-mouse game with him and Wiggins, but I thought mm -hmm. Wiggins more than held his own, um, you know, against Leggett, Leggett, not sure how you say it. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, he, he did not prove to be a difference maker in this game, which was great. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know, guys. Like, <laughs> Shane Beamer, he's three years in. His winning percentage is worse than Will Muschamp's three years in. And mm -hmm. I don't think his coordinator hires are uninspiring. Don't mm -hmm. think their recruiting classes are looking that great. Like half the teams in the, what portal. do you guys think? Like, is he going to make it to year five in, in Columbia? I, I think mean, he's got a little more uh, meat left on the bone, but what gets me and I will never like whoever the person is aside, like just the hire of Shane Beamer. I'll never not roast South Carolina for this hire because for years they they dunked on Dabo for being this like hype man, good good vibes I'm all the way cheerleader. Cheerleader. And then you know, they, they sucked with Muschamp, tough guy, growl at you, grab the player by the face mask type of coach. And then they hire Shane Beamer, who's like wants to be kind of like that hype man, cheerleader guy, you know, cries because mm -hmm. it's of how much the team means to him. That's great. Guys cry. Girls, everybody cries. But at the same time, it's like they they got all excited for this guy that was kind of like a Safeway version of Dabo, you know, on the outside. And he sucks. Did you Safeway say Safeway Shane? Did you say Safeway? Well, for the for the rest of our audience, that's like mm -hmm. Win Dixie. Yeah, level, level grocery store. You know, not a Harris Teeter, not even a Publix. It's a Win Dixie. Like Bilo, is there even still Win Dixies in South Carolina? Uh, they exist. All people, ones I know that close. people know. Piggly Wiggly's not even open. R.I.P. There's a couple. <laughs> but it's like brand. store brand, right? It's not the main. E the main not brand. yeah, the like yeah, exactly. Okay, so I, I like. I'm game. honestly surprised if I was South Carolina. There's no upside to Beamer. He's not going to get better next year. Mm -mm. <laughs> like fire him this and year. And their schedule's way try, worse. Try to get somebody better. Yeah, next year's going to be and worse. Rattler's gone, and people are going to exactly. leave. It's like like I, the I just... only reason for keeping him next year is if there's like a strategic financial advantage, or you think some coach is going to come open next year. Um, but as yeah, far they're already as winning late to the game, right? It, they're late long, to the cycle. Yeah. Well, yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Well, yeah, that's why I don't think he's going to be um, fired. Right. That would have happened already, but there's, there's going to be no improvement. Like uh, he's yeah. not going to go into the portal and pull the best guys onto that team mm -mm. and do anything with them. I mean, he's already tried that. <clears throat> They've had a lot of their best guys leave in the portal. Birch. Yeah. Um, the guy who went to Florida state to play tight end. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's just a shame, you know. You hate to see it. Well, you hate to see it, and yet you love to see it. I don't hate it at all. <laughs> it's quite good. Uh, so yeah, I, something that I don't, I didn't see celebrated enough. Uh, this victory prevented South Carolina from being bowl eligible. 
prevented the SEC from having enough teams uh, to to even make the Dukes Mayo Bowl. Um, they only had <clears throat> how many like seven bowl eligible teams this year in the SEC. Mm-hmm. So uh, down year for that conference sure didn't cost them in terms of the playoff, but um, Clemson will well, get another shot at an SEC team here in the Gator Bowl. Yeah, the the quality losses added up to be enough to replace Florida State. So yeah. I guess the turn of a battle was two to one. I don't know. Dude. I, I just get lost on these team stats here for this game. Like if you combine both teams, then it's respectable. <laughs> well, Cade threw a pick. So there was yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And then Rattler threw that pick right and away. The fumble right at the beginning. The and there was nothing after that. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Their average passing yards wouldn't be impressive if it was average rushing yards. It's 3.7 and 3.5. That, in a hurricane, you expect more better passing than that. I mean, I think they had a pretty good defensive game plan of just like <laughs> disrupt Cade. And he mm-hmm. had 27 pass attempts is not a super low amount, uh, mm-hmm. you know, generally. And he only had 100 yards. So, Insane, yeah. Um, but we still won. It's, uh, that's even funnier. And it never <laughs> like, felt yeah. close. No. Never felt close. Um, Tyler Brown, I think, had a pretty good game. I mean, Clemson was down its top three receivers in this one mm-hmm. overall. I mean, really yeah. top two, um, if you want to talk about it. And then throughout the year, we've lost guys. So um, let's move on from this game, guys. I don't think we have anything else to really pick apart in this one. Uh, but good to get the win. Good to break. Good to not let them have any kind of streak um, and build on this win. Um, let's talk quickly about the bowl matchup, just high level, and then we can get into some of the news. And I want to wrap us with the college football playoff stuff. Um, so Clemson's going to face off against Kentucky in the Gator Bowl. Um, interestingly, Kentucky's coach, Mark Stoops, for about, I don't know, what, two hours was thought <laughs> to be the head coach for Texas AM. Mm-hmm. Turns out Mike Elko is that guy. Shows you a little bit of a glimpse into how crazy AM is. Um, they're, I think, floating that out there to get get the get the response of their their booster group. Um, so weird factions on the AM side, but um, I don't know what that means in terms of like Mark Stoops caring about this bowl game against Clemson. Um, if Kentucky feels like he betrayed them or anything like that, um, mm-hmm. but they're they're pretty much a run and defense first team. We'll see who shows up on their side. Um, I think Clemson is always well coached going into going into the bowl game. I think we have a bitter taste in our mouth from the Orange Bowl last year, but um, Clemson largely. I mean, I think the game kind of got away from us in that Orange Bowl last year, but I think Clemson generally shows up to these bowls, even if we're not, even if it's not a playoff type bowl game. So mm-hmm. um, I just expect like there are going to be a lot of players playing for their job and their position next year. Um, Dabo's let that be known, so I do expect Clemson to. I mean, we're not going to still, I'm not expecting like an offensive explosion or anything like that, but should be a good, should be a good effort from Clemson. So Kentucky's season has been interesting, right? After the South Carolina game, they had lost three of six, um, but they were five and zero heading into that. Um, but then you have a bad loss at Georgia, 51 to 13. I mean, there's no getting around that. Uh, but then you have losses to Missouri, which ended up being a really good team. If you watch them play, their quarterback is really good. Um, 
So I don't, that's not a bad loss. A close loss to, to a ranked Tennessee team. Uh, win at Mississippi State, sandwich in between there. Then a loss against Alabama. And the South Carolina game is the one that really has your head scratching. Um, you know, on the road there, they were probably defeated after so many losses in a row. So, mm-hmm. uh, but then bounce back and, and beat Louisville, you know, number 10 Louisville on the road. So um, this is a much better Kentucky football team, I think, than their record would show. And I believe Stoops has already come out and said he doesn't expect anybody missing for the bowl game. Mm. So I would expect that program to show up and be ready to play. And to your point, Tully, um, I would expect Clemson showing up and ready to play. And in part because, you know, at this point in the season, you get this bowl game, you're thrilled, right? The Gator Bowl, it could be the Pop-Tarts Bowl, right? (laughs) I don't even know where the Gator Bowl sits in like the echelon of college bowls. But it just sounds better than Pop Tarts. Um, Speak for yourself. And you can take that more seriously. NC State is ranked ahead of us, and they're in the Pop Tarts Bowl. This is the former Cheese It Bowl, the former Russell Athletic, the Camping World Bowls. But <clears throat> yeah, even if the Gator Bowl's like not as highly it, rated, it's, whatever, it's better than the Pop Tarts Bowl, dude. Like, they have an edible Pop Tart. They have an edible Pop Tart this year. Okay, great. <laughs> bring some pop tarts to the game to the gator bowl anyways no, what i'm trying I'm to say is I, I i do expect it to be um both teams to show up for this one um it's not like either team was uh had a letdown expecting a better end of their season and a better bowl game and for clemson as you mentioned tolly uh, with with a lot of the the older guys you know upperclassmen declaring for the draft the transfer portal guys leaving it's a very young team that's going to show up uh, to this game with a lot to play for and a lot to prove. And I'm excited to see that. Yeah. Should be, should be really interesting. It's a noon game though. <laughs> so on the 29th, oh my God, um, it is, which is a Friday 9 for us. <laughs> 9 a.m. for us is a noon game. So um, that maybe tells you what the Gator bowl standing is here in 2023. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, we've had a lot of nooners this season. So Clemson's used to it. We'll have a lot more next year, too, so we better get used to it. (laughs) Um, I do want to point out that the Gator Bowl is at Jacksonville Stadium, so it'd be hard to doubt that Trevor and Etienne and hopefully all of them will be there at the game. be pretty funny. It's actually pretty ironic to, like, send a couple guys – send, like, your two best guys, generational talents, to this team, to the stadium, and then a couple years, like, limp what's left of that legacy like into that stadium to play another team (laughs) is it just me or does that seem like just like Dabo drew it up hey you never in doubt (laughs) so the Jags are at home against the Panthers on the 31st so they'll be in town yeah they'll be there I bet I'm sure they'll be there I'm sure we'll see some cameos we'll see we'll see T-Law and we'll just be like please God see that well, maybe not. It's at noon. They probably have practice. Better things to I do. I went to the Gator Bowl back when we played Virginia Tech and Michael Vick. And um, that was not pretty. How'd that go? <laughs> it was an ugly game. Yeah. Go off for Clemson. Yeah. I had a blast, though. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll be ready at 9 a.m. at Showdown. I don't it's gonna be good. Week, so um, I don't know what day of the week it's, it's on a Friday too. Oh yeah. <laughs> Friday, yeah. <laughs> oh, and then we get, get to follow that up. 
uh, well, at 11, so halfway through our game, you got Oregon State, Notre Dame. Uh, mm. But I guess DJ's not going to be playing in that game because he's he's under the yeah. DP. And Jonathan uh, Jonathan yeah. Smith's already out of there on his way to Miss uh, Michigan State. So yeah, mm-hmm. bet on Notre Dame. <laughs> we yeah. did get the the Cotton Bowl that evening, <clears throat> Missouri Ohio State. That should be a good one. Maybe mm-hmm. yeah. Kyle McCord. Uh, a lot of people leaving Ohio Central State World. too. Hate to see that. Yeah. Um. All right, guys. Should we move on to Clemson news and nuggets? Yes. We can cover the bowls in like a week or two for sure. Yeah, of course. We'll we'll do a, a full preview show, Jarrett. Right mm-hmm. or not. Um, okay, so a lot has gone on in, in the world of Clemson football uh, since the South Carolina game. Uh, Dabo and the coaching staff made some tough choices and have chosen to part ways with Thomas Austin, offensive line coach, and Lebanski Hall, defensive ends coach. Uh, both of those guys have been there different stretches of time. Um, you could say with varying degrees of success. Uh, but I thought this was the right move with both of these position groups. Um, we've talked about it on this show a few times. You know, we've talked about the scheme, the play calling on the offense. Uh, hell, we're in a group chat called Fire Grisham. But at the end of the day, I think it begins and ends on offense with your with your line and your protection of the quarterback and mm-hmm. run blocking and all of that. And, you know, if Dabo felt from the Robbie Caldwell to Thomas Austin transition that Clemson was not putting, you know, an elite college football playoff national championship contending offensive line out there, kudos to him for making this move. I don't think he could have found a better hire at this point than Matt Luke, at least not while Sam Pittman is still the head coach of Arkansas. So uh, Matt Luke comes in, crazy collegiate experience. Most recently, was on the Georgia staff that won uh, their first natty. He took some time off of football after that, um, which is a similar story to Chris Rumpf, which we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, But I thought Matt Luke, that's an amazing hire. Um, He was a head coach at Ole Miss for a minute and uh, just across the board, tons of experience that he's going to bring. And I think he's a really strong culture fit too with the coaching staff. So uh, great to see that. I'll pause there for you guys to say any comments you have on the O-line situation. Well, I mean, yeah, phenomenal hire. I really don't know anything about him, so I'm taking everybody's word for it. But what a great hire. Uh, <laughs> no, but but on paper, yeah, the credentials, um, it's got everything that you want, especially in an offensive line coach. And um, to see Dabo two years in a row now not only address glaring weaknesses, but address them so, um, you know, uh, robustly, yeah. I mean, it was so much impact, like and like home run hires yeah. and bringing in Riley last year when we were like, oh shit, never <laughs> saw that coming. Um, and now an offensive line this year um, with Lemansky Hall. That one, I don't know, scratching my head a little bit because I haven't necessarily seen the evidence on the field of why maybe he should have been let go. But I know there's a lot of stuff that goes on, you know, behind the scenes that obviously we're not privy to. Um, the offensive line is not one that I thought coming into the season was going to be a, you know, that Thomas Austin was on the hot seat and he probably wasn't at the beginning of the season and worked himself into that. But, you know, last year we did see slow improvement. We, uh, the offensive line was hyped up at the beginning of the season by the coaching staff, by Dabo himself, um, saying how deep we are, how many guys we had. And, you know, bam, from game one against Duke on, 
you know, until we adjusted the run blocking scheme um, later in the season, it, it was like, what the hell is happening? This is like completely going backwards. Uh, so it's not surprising to see Thomas Austin gone. I mean, obviously a Clemson guy um, who we all love, um, right, for what he's done for this for this team and this program during his playing days. Um, I, we, we obviously joke and take lightly, um, probably a bit too much, uh, the fact that people are getting fired here and that their lives are changing. They got families and they're having to uproot and stuff like that. It makes it feel a little bit easier because they're making a shit ton of money and they're probably going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I think it was a much needed change. Uh, Dabo pulled the trigger here. Um, surprised. We did not see the same thing at the wide receiver uh, coaching position. And I understand you got to protect the quarterback. It all starts there with the run game and everything, but there's still the separation issue, the drop balls issue, the not being able to block after all these years issues. And that doesn't change like no matter how well your office line is playing. So anyways, I think we got to give Dabo the benefit of the doubt. Obviously he's made the changes where he's had to. And I mean, I'm excited for next year because of it. Dabo is still that boy and he still is way smarter than all of us, uh, including, uh, well, up into Tyler from Spartanburg. So um, I would say that I think when it, I'll go in reverse. I think regarding Grisham, I think that the receivers have made enough progress over the last few years from a Joe, a Joe literally standing there and letting people, you know, run off from the corner position towards the quarterback. Um, so, like, receivers have gotten a little better. There's been injuries that some of the more tenure guys, like Cole Turner or Williams, where, like, we didn't really get to see, like, how well he was developing them. We just got to see Tyler Brown show, which uh, I'll always watch. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that Davo also will wait until next year. And if the receivers still aren't great and – you know, like he will, he will continue to start making changes. But Dabo seems like he's a lot more of like a surgeon versus um, like a shotgun. So um, I definitely think that's kind of his approach. Luke, look, twenty-three years of coaching experience, or twenty basically, across you know four or five schools, five of them SEC schools. That's exactly uh, plays- what we've been asking for, right? Exactly. Uh, played center in, uh, in, in college. So look, guys, obviously smart. And um, yeah, I think that's all I'll say about Luke. Like I, I saw his resume and I compared it to Thomas Austin and I was like, I, I dude, Austin, you're probably a cool guy, but like it, it's experience. Like that's the reason you hire for an elite job is experience. Well, and even so. with Austin, you know, compared to some of the other coaches we've complained about, at least Austin coached the position at Georgia State, which is an FBS school. Um, it does make you really scratch your head, though, why Dabo thought that all at once he could install all these green coaches. I mean, maybe it goes back to the thing that we had mentioned before, that he thought he could do the same thing with the football team and the players and just bring these young guys up right from nothing and turn them into something. Um, and fair, you know, he's, he's he has done that with the players. But um, again, so far, his coaching tree is Brett Venables, Billy Napier at Florida, who he fired after one season, Elliot Scott, Terry Bowden just lost yeah. his job. I'm home, Terry. 
Let's bring it back, though. Yeah. So, um, but again, to Dabba's credit, he's he's made changes, and they've been really exciting hires. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, more surgical. We would love for him to go in there and just like burn the house down, just because. Well, that's just how we are. But I feel like he probably thought, okay, there was definitely some stuff behind the scenes with Streeter for him to like get rid of him you know, wholesale after one year with the way he historically has treated his guys and given them a lot of rope. Um, and so he's like, all right, problems, the offense. He's like, I think that these guys at position, like we can just give them another year. Uh, offense got worse or offensive line got worse. Um, he probably yep. still had his thumb on the scale a little too much with play calling than any of us would like. So hopefully it's like Riley's second year, there's no excuse for him to not have complete control over this offense. Um, I don't give a shit about the Clemson offense. I want to play an offense that is exciting, that is going to win How about matchups. We get a new Clemson offense. Yeah. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Um, win, yeah, win I, it out. I'm curious. I mean, we'll never know. I would love if our uh, <clears throat> media beat reporters would ask these questions, but like, mm-hmm. what kind of influence did Riley have on selecting Matt Luke? Like, did, does what he bring mm. in his system mesh well with the Riley offense? I'm curious about yeah. that. I'm um, I'm sure there was input. I mean, there had, yeah. there had I mean, there had to have been. But um, anyways, going going back to Lemansky Hall, we haven't really talked much about him except for the one thing I said. I mean, what's y'all's take on that? I looked at that position during the rise, like even during the 2011 season onward, as just such a position of strength for Clemson's defense. Vic Beasley, Shaq Lawson, um, moving into Klee, Austin Bryant, <laughs> Kevin Dodd was kind of a late bloomer type of guy. Um, and that dropped off, you know, after Brooks and Hobby went to the NFL and retired. And um, look, I like KJ Henry was on the team, XT, like those guys had pretty good careers. But in the re- recruiting classes of 2019 to 2022, four classes, mm-hmm you really didn't see any starters emerge from that group and stick. And mm-hmm. whether it was Italian evaluation thing, get the talent on campus and develop them or really grow the guys that you had. I just, it, it turned into something where it was like patchwork and it was like, you, we had an abundance of talent at the D tackle position. Mm-hmm. Um, you had Isaiah Simmons for some of that time you had, <clears> you know, <throat> there's just a lot of coaching around the ends on the defense mm-hmm. and, um, and that was a position of strength for Clemson. Like, you know, th- those right. were brand names. Those are NFL guys. So for me, Still. I'm sure LeMansky yeah. Hall was a fine coach and a good contributor. Um, but what could it be? And you get Chris Rump come in, former mm-hmm. Clemson coach, tons of pedigree in the NFL and across college at, you know, marquee programs. Mm-hmm. I think if you can get a hire like that, this seems like a situation where, Dabo probably wasn't going to move off Lemansky Hall unless he could get the right guy. And it mm-hmm. seems like Rump is the guy that he really wanted. <laughs> what do you guys think? So, um, I, yeah, I, I take it away. I think um, with Hall, you know, when you kind of put it in that perspective, it makes me think of Tyler Grisham in a different light because you're right. I mean, Hall was around when a lot of these guys were brought in, correct? That that you've mentioned. Yes. That we didn't I see. think he became the coach. 2015. Yeah. 2015 to 16 defensive analyst, 2017 senior D, D analyst, and then 18 to 23 D. Okay. Pitch. So yeah, he's been here a while. Um, mm-hmm. 
And I will say there was a little caveat in there and the way Dabo explained it is how they also talked about what his future looks like or something. So then maybe there was a moving up part of it too. But anyways, it does make me go back to think about Grisham and, you know, a lot of the guys that, you know, were that we talk about during Grisham's tenure and uh, were there, you know, for a large part, he hasn't been in that position that long. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. They were recruited by Jeff Scott. Um, so maybe it is a thing Dabo acknowledges, Hey, this was just missed talent evaluation back then. Um, and he sees the recruiting has really picked up. I mean, we got Antonio Williams, we got Tyler Brown, um, we've got Wesco and you know, whomever else coming in. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the, the recruiting has been good. So give him some more time and see what he can do with his own recruits. And I get that. Um, uh, so Brian Seaver coach is not going to win us. What's that? Bryant is Wesco's first name. Just, just clarifying. Yeah, we knew that. That was a test for the listeners. Okay. The ones that are having aneurysms while they're about to crash their F one fifty. Shout out! Shout out to <laughs> American Strap. Um. So yeah, I mean, the recruiting has been on an uptick. Let's see the guys get in here, um, and you know, see what happens. So. Yes, I would say with um, so a couple things. So I just noticed too, Lemansky Hall was the DN's coach for five years. Dabo gave him five years. I think that nothing really like was bad or fell apart or blew up like the O line did this year with Thomas Austin. So I think Dabo's going to give people, you know, a good three, five years, closer to five years before he makes a decision that, like, hey, you know what? Like, you just couldn't take that next step or two. And Grisham is right at the um, three-year mark. He came in in 2020. Hall came in in 2018. So it's probably going to be in the next, like, two years where it's like if there's not any serious improvement under Grisham, Dabo's going to probably do the same thing because they have, like, the exact same resume. Like, they both came here around 2014-15 as, like, a graduate assistant and, like, an analyst and then, like, became a position coach. And I think – this, um, I think Hall and uh, Grisham and um, and uh, Thomas Austin are, are examples for Dabo of like, hey, you can try to like coach them and and grow them, and maybe maybe it'll work out, maybe not. And I think with um, Grisham, what did we say during the season in the off season and last season? It's like, hey, if you want to have one coach on your team of ten coaches, that's like green, great. That's doable. But if you have six of your 10 coaches with under five, 10 years experience, that's a recipe for four and four. The math doesn't look good there. Yeah. It doesn't add up. Um, Yeah. I I totally agree with that point, Jared. Um, Gosh, it just feels like that we should have seen more uh, progression from the wide receivers. So anyways, again, Dabo's Dabo's making the calls. He's, he's, making the adjustments that we've all thought need to be made. And, you know, we haven't seen the improvement come yet with the offense from, from Garrett Riley, but surely hope to see that next year. And, you know, it also reminds you too, that you bring in these coaches and they're not going to turn things around in one year necessarily. Venables. Yeah. Yeah. You just want to see, I mean, I, what gives me hope for at the very least Matt Luke is Clemson does have good talent and now Mm -hmm. it's going to be a matter of, coaching them up developing them and i don't know guys i might be 
I might be overly optimistic here or too Pollyanna about it, but I think we are going to see an impact right out of the gate from Matt Luke and the talent that's on this O-line. Who mm -hmm. knows, though? Some of these guys may feel like they were Thomas Austin guys. and Well, um, sure. And that's know. the that's yeah. the difference of, you know, having to come around and uh, come in and turn around an entire offense or an entire defense versus focusing on one position group. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I do buy that, that we'll see a quicker turnaround, especially on offensive line. You know, it's one of those uh, positions that's just so technical that those are things you can teach to guys. Right. It's not necessarily the physical ability and everything like that. So, um, you know, if you got the right knowledge and the right uh, methods and way of uh, disseminating that mm -hmm. knowledge, I think it is something that can come up to speed. <clears throat> I'll, yeah, I'll play devil's play. advocate and say that um, I love Luke as a hire and I think he's going to have a massive impact. It feels like there's going to be more gunk to unteach and technique to correct across the entire O-line really over the last couple of years from the end of Caldwell to the transition to Thomas that I wouldn't be surprised if you take the raw talent of, you know, uh, they're going to have like Big Burley and TJ Parker and like all these guys that are going to be just chomping at the bit to, to get after people, get after the quarterback where, yeah, Rump's yeah. going to teach them tons of things that, um, hall would have never taught them but you yeah, know, i was gonna ask you guys like let's let's play a game like 12 months from now which coaching hire do you think is gonna have made the most impact year one i think year one luke yeah it probably still would be luke just because of how bad the whole line was luke doesn't have a parker oh oh tj parker gotcha yeah yeah he's, he's just got, he's got a parks he's got yeah. a parks well, and, and, and that is one thing that we haven't talked enough about this year is that the one major injury we had was to the most critical piece of that offensive line and the best player. <laughs> Sounds um, like they should have had a portal player to back him up. Or better coach player to <laughs> yeah. back him up. Sounds um, like we should remove strength and conditioning and uh, reduce the risk of injury. <laughs> I mean, the good news, Jarrett, and I guess we haven't – broken this pearl of wisdom yet uh clemson mm -hmm. is reaching into that portal now granted mm -hmm. it's a d2 transfer but good to see you got to bolster we'll the ranks it. however we can he's we'll pretty highly it. rated yeah it's like number four ot in the in the portal i think and he's not a grad transfer yeah it's just scott and pulling strings just waiting wait his turn long, long as it's not uh like you know bear bryant's eighth Grandkid twice removed. Paul Tyson's coming back one more year, baby. He's feeling he's feeling chicken. Um, yeah, I mean, I I was gonna say, Jarrett, like probably from a pure coaching impact standpoint, I I also I think it will be Matt Luke, but there may be times during that Georgia game where we're like, whoa. Look at Vic Burley. Whoa, look at what TJ Parker's doing here. Mm -hmm. and, um, I mean, who who are some of the guys that are in the like 21, 22 class? Kay Denoff. Like, yeah, he can Denoff. get more out of those guys. Mm -hmm. um, that's going to be something else. So I think we might even like right out of the gate see good impact from Chris Rumpf being there. The other mm -hmm. question we have, and again, would love it if the beat would ask these questions, um, is Rumpf going to take any of the linebacker duties off of yeah. Les Goodwin's plate? Um, 
at least on the on the outside, um, which I think is going to be Wade Wood as next year, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. We're still so, waiting yeah. on Barrett Carter's decision, right? Yeah, because uh, Rob does have, I think, one or two years in the NFL coaching uh, OLBs, I believe. Yeah, so that could be a sneaky way to keep Barrett Carter. Is like, hey, mm-hmm. have this NFL outside linebacker coach come in and coach you up one more year. You know, again, we we had one of the best defenses in the country this year. <clears throat> so, not I, I don't think we're going to see the same impact that we're going to get out of the offensive line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The same growth, right, Ben? Like yeah. The same yeah. Or just, you know, what massive improvement, um, you know, proportionally will mean to the offense for the offensive line as opposed to the DEs yeah. on the defense just because yeah. you know, we're stacked there. Maybe I the just, linebacker position and, and bringing some mm-hmm. other guys along. And maybe that was part of the decision for Dabo. Mm-hmm. Make it happen. Absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm super stoked, though, about both of these hires. And Great hires. Just to think back at Nick Easton and Rumpf on that D-line together, like that's going to be something. And then if Maybe. you can take more off of Wes Goodwin's plate, it's addition mm-hmm. by subtraction because he can focus that much more on self-scouting, which is something mm-hmm. I know Venables did that helped the offense out quite a bit with Tony Elliott. So um, I'm all for this. This is awesome. Big time. Dabo is, like I said, he's proven he's still the guy. He still wants to win championships and uh, he's willing to turn away from his personal Dabo land vision. Well, and I think, I think what we all need to keep in mind, and I think we all really realize this year is that even after last season, we're like, Garrett Riley, like, yeah, we're back in the playoff, you know, like, nope, this is a little bit slow of a turnaround um, just because of how low Clemson got. And I mentioned it earlier on here in the season. Um, We, we found ourselves in the kind of the middle rock bottom of this program there for a little bit, Um, but then turned it around. And I think what you're going to see next year on offense with Garrett Riley in year two, um, some better offensive line coaching, better quarterback play from Cade, hopefully some healthy and a a better group of wide receivers, Mm -hmm. um, a much improved offense. And I think it's really going to start coming along the defense. We just kind of need them to, to hold their ground, you know, maybe, you know, not be the, what I don't know what the rankings we ended up last year I, or this year. I saw that one of them like defense, defensive efficiency ranking or something. We were number one, um, like giving up, like, what was it? Like one, one point something. Uh, yeah. Points. It's just drive a, or something a, like that. Three years in them a row to kind of stand the hold serve there while the offense gets itself there yeah. next year. Do I see us as a playoff team? No. I no. There's a lot more to be desired out of the quarterback, um, mm-hmm. Cade. I'm still not sold, um, especially yeah. without just phenomenal players around him, which we're still getting mm-hmm. there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of open questions of who comes back. Um, mm-hmm. Mafa, Shipley, Jake Brinningsoul, Antonio mm-hmm. Williams. I mean, if those guys, if all four of those guys come back, O line takes a step forward. Mm-hmm. Jared, what do you talk about? Like the the third year just leap for someone like Cade working with Garrett Riley for a, yet another full off season. Mm-hmm. Um, we will see on that front. Clemson mm-hmm. had the yeah. number three opponent adjusted efficiency per advanced stats, Ben. 
behind Ohio State and Penn State. Okay. Well, I saw some tweet referencing some site that had us number one. You know how it goes. I'm sure we are number one in a lot of different metrics. Another one in my heart. Some some guy in his basement. Uh, still doing DCS system. calculations. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Um, um, hate that we wasted a generational defense for three years in a row. It's almost hilarious that we somehow got a hat trick on wasting uh, the best defense that we could. But, you know, that's just what happens when um, you know, we don't need to beat that dead horse anymore. We're making the right changes. And, yeah. Last year had its warts, for sure. Um, it was mm-hmm. not up to what we had typically become accustomed to from a Clemson defense, at least under Brent Venables. Mm-hmm. But this year, mm-hmm. I don't, you know, anybody talking about Wes, uh, Wes Goodwin's job. I mean, come on. Cody. Yeah. Like, <laughs> look at the defense this guy put on the field this year. What a, a year one to year two adjustment. And mm-hmm. the the same way we give Dabo criticism about, some of the other position groups or the mm-hmm. offensive coordinator um, hire with Streeter, you have to give him all the credit for Wes Goodwin. I mean, Venables too, because Venables wanted to take him with him, mm-hmm. but so far year two, you got to be really excited about what you're seeing out of him and the results. We the for field. sure are Ben. I think also Dabba doesn't get enough credit for the role that he plays with the defense. I mean, mm-hmm. he is, he's very involved in, in just development of that defense and coaching. So, we can criticize how much he's in the headset on the offensive side with his Waffle House menu sheet on the sideline, but um, he's right there helping along with the defense too. Dude, that mm-hmm. that menu sheet must have been from the Huddle House this year because it wasn't. There was no All Star <laughs> breakfast. Denny's. Oh my! What's God. even worse than Denny's? We should do a, a power ranking of like the oh um, breakfast. Yeah. I feel like I've seen some one-off places. Oh, like um, Waffle King. I think I went to a Waffle King Waffle in Myrtle King. Beach, <laughs> which was exactly where. Yeah, that's ex- yeah, that's where you would expect Waffle King to be. And you know, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> how how drunk? You got to know what to order. <laughs> I feel like. Oh, it was still like yellow squares. Like really, really didn't even know till you walked in. Yeah. Um. All right, guys, any other Clemson news? I mean, Jared, I think maybe you can do a quick run through of the mm-hmm. departures as we know them mm-hmm. um, through transfer portal or otherwise. But um, yeah, Clemson has picked up a few commitments. So I think what we need to do is have Quacking Tiger on mm-hmm. as the dust settles as we get closer to National Signing Day here in a couple weeks. Yeah. Um, just, he can break everything down for us. But why don't you run us through known departures as of today, December? Yeah. Sure, sure. Christmas with QTs, best time, uh, best time of the year. So transfers that we got right now, Makuba, which was like a surprise. Uh, Mitchell Mays saw some busts from him, just inexplicable a lot this year. So I don't know that um, I'm too sad about that. Toriano Pride, I'm gonna miss sending those uh, gifts in the in the team chat. Um, but you know, he wants to move on because the freaking freshman below him are just absolutely killing it. That's probably why. Uh, Hunter Holmes somehow has a ninth year of uh, eligibility left. So all the best to him and uh, what he's meant to this program. And let's see, Bo Collins is going to take his, uh, his talents somewhere else. Never really kind of jived or gelled, was injured on and off, was kind of DJ's guy from high school. 
So um, definitely wish him the best. Dominic Thomas, Quadzilla. Um, yeah, he, he looked like he had some good runs, but, you know, maybe he's already got some insight into who's coming back in the running back room and doesn't want a part of that, doesn't want to sit on the bench. So we'll see how that shakes out. Say Ennis is also transferring, who I'm definitely disappointed in. I know he got injured, and then, um, yeah, I just don't know what would make him not want to stick around unless – I don't know what school is going to give him that big of a bag, maybe like Boston college or something like that. Uh, and then lastly, so far as of the 12th of the, or 10th of December, 5th of December. Wow. Um, is David Ojigby. 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 Who's a true freshman who I believe redshirted and didn't play. We didn't even get to know him enough to really be able to pronounce his name. Like we literally he, hardly knew ye. He transferred. I was like, who? <laughs> what position? <laughs> So uh, he's DN a he's a DN. D- um, yeah, I think it's DN. Well, and you know, maybe a really great connection with Lemansky Hall. Um, that is a possibility. Could be. Um, so I look at this list, and just like every other year, I'm like, man, eh, we'll be fine, right? Mm-hmm. Like maybe Makuba, but has Makuba in the last two years played as well as he did his freshman year? No. Mm, he's had moments, but I would say no. Yeah, no. No. Mays. He was a junior, redshirt junior this year. Still couldn't really start, uh, crack the starting lineup consistently with a bunch of younger guys than him. Uh, Toriano Pride, great connection with Venables. Apparently wouldn't be surprised to see him end up at Oklahoma, but we've got the youngsters mm-hmm. behind him that have shown, you know, a whole lot. Um, mm-hmm. Bo Collins, eh, you know, he was up and down this year. He had some good plays, slowly progress maybe i guess throughout his career but my point being there's like nobody on this list where i think we're going to crucially miss and that's been the trend with clemson transfer portal departees right the only one that has really gone on well maybe two i would say to to really make a difference somewhere is darren kendrick but that wasn't a transfer portal issue that was he got kicked off the team um and then Chesma Lucy, right, who was doing really well the last two seasons for Wisconsin, unfortunately had a season ended early this year. Um, but can you think of anybody? You wouldn't else? have played for Clemson, though, right? Like uh, that, that played, yeah, that played for Clemson. Lucy Clemson lost. Yeah, I mean DJ. Yeah. No, no, no. Right? I know Ben. I mean uh, guys that Clemson lost that would have played at Clemson if they had stayed. Right. I'm sure we could have used Darion Kendrick in the 2021 <laughs> season. Um that corner but whatever Mm -hmm. yeah very few guys that we would say we regretted Mm -hmm. based on what they put it on at clemson yeah i mean and there's still some time left right there's names that are probably going to come out like will shipley what's happening with him um does he test the 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 draft and kind of get a draft grade that doesn't you know sound too good does he enter the portal like we don't know um Mm. i mean interesting that thomas leaves um so and what does he know yeah yeah, maybe. I've heard rumors about Mickens. Um, mm-hmm. Again, they're just rumors. Um, there's rumors out there about Brenning Stool, um, which you know, yeah, those would Get be some bag, young man. But they haven't mm-hmm. had bag yet. Mm-hmm. I guess, guys. Like, let me ask you the question: if if there was a pile of nil money that you think the coaching staff had, um, uh, it's not on the coaching staff to give necessarily, but. Who are guys that you think the team should be trying to protect at all costs <laughs> that could be departees, um, could be rumored, could not? 
I think my first answer is Antonio Williams. Um, if he could be convinced to go somewhere else, I think that's a guy just based on the impact he had his freshman year. You want to mm -hmm. pair him with Tyler Brown and these two freshman guys coming in. Um, that'd be a, that'd be a big loss for us, I think, to lose more of our talent at the receiver position. Carter, who? Barrett, Barrett Carter. Carter. Barrett Carter. Well, I don't think he's transferring. I think it's a. But would you pay to protect to make sure he didn't? I yeah. think that's a good. I don't know. Well, how much are these? Who's getting paid anyways? I mean, obviously the answer is Hamp Green. <laughs> the exercise is the exercise, Ben. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll figure out the signing bonus that Whites was going to get, and we'll see if you know, like he'll be a gratis. Pretty assist. sure he is out of eligibility. Um, it's it's got to be a, a Woods or a Parker, maybe a Parker, just because we're so thin at DE. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. Not a bad, not a bad call. Yeah, the freshman breakout guys. It's a good call. Just stop them getting swayed to go to Georgia or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's fair. Um, we will see. This stuff's not done. It's going to be a lot of news coming up. We'll obviously have a new class to preview, so we'll get with Quacking Tiger to do that. Mm -hmm. um, guys, I, I think that's pretty much it from a Clemson news perspective for football. Um, quick shout out while we have a minute. As of right now, basketball is undefeated. They've got a huge ranked game hosting South Carolina this week. So everyone ought to tune into that. It's a really fun team. A lot of senior depth. We got an awesome transfer from Syracuse. So that's a lot of fun. Congrats to the women's soccer team. Made the final four. I forget what they call it. What is it? Collegiate Cup. Mm -hmm. um, Collegiate Cup for the women. First time ever. The men play. Who is it, Ben? West Virginia. This week. This weekend. Um, Dude, we're good at basketball, so I can't. I can only do one at once. <laughs> so men's men's soccer's in the final four again. We won the Natty two years ago. West Virginia has uh, cool a soccer that team again. that makes no sense. Have you ever been there? I don't. I didn't know they had like flat enough fields. It's they don't, man. Uh, it's my yeah. dad went to WVU, so and he was born and raised there. So I can talk this crap about West Virginia. Um, I bet the Orange Bowl was very fun. odd place. Well, like if the ball rolls off the field, it's down a fucking gorge. Yeah, we'll tell John Denver to get his uh, team together. That's right. Um, all right, so that's enough of non-football. Guys, let's talk about the mess that is the college football playoff. Mm. We all know that we've all seen it. We all know the rankings now. Um, how do you guys feel they got it? Well, I texted you guys the night before um the exact what the exact order would be and i got it right um that doesn't mean that they got it right but i think they kind of got it right like number one for all the clemson fans that are coming out of the woodwork being apologists in, in, for you know florida state and you know carrying their flag mm -hmm. why like, what? Why? Why all of a sudden? Remember when they made us come down there during the COVID years and then canceled the game and made us come back? Um, mm -hmm. I, I have no sympathy for that pr program or the, the fan base or anything like that, number one. Um, uh, number two, does is anybody whining? Did they actually watch those games and could actually watch that Florida State team with qb3 or even or qb2 it doesn't matter like the other mm -hmm. guy wasn't that good either when he played and yeah. think they were actually one of the best four teams in the country and the committee has said it the entire time their entire existence that their job is to judge the top four best 
teams in the country. And you know what? They've done it pretty much without controversy this entire time. And has somebody ever been left out of the playoffs that anybody thought could have won the national championship? No. And to think well, that there wasn't yeah. in uh, what, what South Florida or you, or you, whatever it is. UCF. UCF. No, I mean, finish your thought, Ben. Finish your thought. Well, the other thing I was going to say is too, that anybody would think that after watching that Georgia Alabama game, that one of the best four teams in the country wasn't on that field. If not, you know, two of the best four teams in the country on that field, listen, maybe other teams around the country that haven't seen that level of football and invested in that level of football and gone to the national championship games and watched their team come from mediocrity and go up against the best of the best. But as Clemson fans, we've seen that we know what elite level of football looks like. And you saw it in that game. You didn't see it in Florida state versus Louisville. You didn't see it in Michigan versus Iowa. Mm-hmm. I mean, you didn't really I see it in Florida state versus Florida either with the backup second string guy. Yeah. I mean, if it's about the best team that like, there's a couple of uh, not conflicts of interest here, but just like paradoxes. So um, if you say it's about the, the best teams, well, Ben, Florida State's fifth, Georgia's sixth. Like, I think we could all agree Georgia in their current iteration looks a hell of a lot better than Florida State did. Why are they sixth then? And this is about the best teams. Here's why. Okay. Here's the mistake the committee made because they said, you know, the end, they weren't the same without Jordan Travis. Well, they lost him two games prior to that. And yet they kept him at like, five and then move them back into four right that was the point at which to make that decision to be like hey you know what we're gonna bump you back because we don't think you're that good go out there on the field and prove it to us and you work your way back up there that was their mistake and the way it ended up was just like we're gonna leave you out but we're gonna you know put you right there and then you'll get the chance to play georgia and you're probably gonna get your ass kicked but that was the mistake from the committee and i totally agree that the optics of it weren't good because of that decision that they made and they've done that in the past they have done that in the past where they kind of made a decision to lead somebody at the end, out at the end for reasonings that they should have moved them back before that. So they've definitely done that. But they've usually always gotten the last, the, you know, the final four teams correct. And this year, more than any, is interesting as I think there's more parity within the top four than we've ever seen in the college football playoff era. And that's going to be fun to watch. I mean, I think what <clears throat> what they've kind of signals, and a lot of people have talked about it after the fact, like it's not. So first of all, <laughs> is Alabama actually like? I could understand leaving Florida State out for like an incredibly dominant one loss SEC champion team, but Alabama was struggling hard until the fourth quarter against USF. Struggled like they're trailing in a ton of their games. They needed a fourth mm-hmm. and seven, what, fourth and 31 miracle to escape Auburn last mm-hmm. week, right? So I just don't think Bama was that that dominant, that choice there that you swap them in for Florida State. And what they're mm-hmm. really saying, and I'm not going to sit here and soapbox for it, is that actually that like the games don't matter and brands matter and all of that stuff. And yeah, it, yeah. it's a little bit of a, it is very much like you could call it, you could use slippery slope. It's like a dangerous standard. And everyone's like, oh, they're going to expand the playoff field next year to 12. Don't worry about it. Like, all these teams will get in. But what's going to matter in the future is not just the 12th place team, but, like, the it's yeah. crazy moving forward. You got home matchups 
Mm-hmm. And you've got, and again, like if you're, what is the message this sends to the ACC also? Like you could have an undefeated champ and you're not getting in unless like all of these things like go your way. Um, you know, a lot of people have brought up other points, including, you know, Mike Norvell and his tweets where he's like, was our, should we have hidden the injury from everybody, you know, to mm-hmm. make it seem like less severe so that maybe there's a chance the playoff committee thinks we're going to get Travis back healthy by the playoff. Like that's disingenuous. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's a little bit weird. Um, there's just a lot of, it just is like, it opens up a lot of other incentives. If you don't reward a power five conference champ, who's undefeated, I guess America's going to get, the better football games because of it. And you talk about Bama and their close games, go back and look at the 2016 Clemson season, including the 43 to 42 loss to Pitt at home, not a ranked team. Um, So there's an example there. And honestly, to me, do I think they actually have the top four best teams in the country right now? No, I would classify them as Texas, Georgia, Alabama, Washington. I don't think Michigan's a top four team, and I think they're going to be the one in this college football playoff that gets it handed to them more than you know. Good. The other, the I other agree with that. Yeah, I agree mm-hmm. with you, Ben. So it's kind of like if you, like it seems like they're just. I mean, what really happened, guys, is ESPN wanted the SEC to have a team in because they backed that horse all along, and they're going exclusive starting next year. Mm-hmm. And there was enough of a case for Bama, and here we are. But they have to. You can't, like, I'm sorry, there's enough body of evidence that we've all seen. The only team since, what, 2000, when's the last time a non-SEC or Clemson team won the national championship? 2013. Okay. Florida State. There you go. Clemson. Before that, it was 2000. Yeah, it was 2014 was OSU. Oh, yeah, of course. I, and I know we're tired of, from the, the, the SEC homerism from ESPN, and that definitely applies to everybody outside of those top two teams. Those are still the two best teams in the country. And they have been consistently. I don't Power know if five champ is an automatic bid next year. So, like, if you win the ACC or whatever's left of the pack two, yeah, whatever. But I guess, Jared, like, that doesn't mean you're going to be the, a top three seed and get a bye. No, but you're at least in. No, the yeah, I think what I think what what's tough about this guys is that like Florida State, yes, they're flawed, but like they just aren't even going to get a chance to show they can do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they and can they, play Georgia, which is probably d- more deserving than Michigan. Honestly, a better team to be in there. Yeah, I mean, might see what they game. can do. But yeah, they play but, Georgia in the Orange Bowl. My thing is, go be Georgia oh, and claim a natty. Like, yeah. They skirted they through undefeated, good for them, the worst conference in the country. That's the other thing to add on top of that. Like, I'm sorry, yeah. Florida State is not you, one of the best four teams. AC seeing us. <laughs> I understand the argument. Yeah, so I'm saying Clemson fans, don't be like the SEC fans or the South Carolina fans that are like roll tide after Alabama wins or chance SEC. Like, that's nothing to do mm-hmm. with that. We don't even want to be in this conference. I mean, and, and Mike you're right about that, Ben, out, but it's – this could have happened to Clemson this year, though. And, like, and you know what? We would have gotten our ass kicked had we made it. We wouldn't deserve mm-hmm. to be there. Yeah. Yeah. That's a third playoff game, honestly. Five versus six, Georgia, Georgia, Florida State. <clears throat> like, what if that ends up being the best game of the playoff? It's not going to. It's they're good. both going to no. mail it in. <laughs> I mean, maybe Florida State decides they're going to try to win that so they can claim a natty. And mm-hmm. they should do that, by the way. They should try yeah. to claim a natty if they win. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think Georgia's backups can maul what Florida State has as starters. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. They're not going to move the ball in the offense. Yeah. Like again, um, again, I get it. I, I we got to get out of the ACC is my thesis here, and yeah. I know Florida State. Yeah. Like you guys saw a lot of their angst and saber rattling about wanting a bigger payout or let us out of this conference. They're talking <laughs> to like, you know, uh, Middle Eastern sovereign funds and like yeah. private the equity XFL. try to get enough money to buy them out of the grant of rights. So. Mm-hmm. If you thought that was happening before they got screwed by being in the ACC, yeah, just wait now. But I think, guys, here's my like conspiracy tinfoil hat. The fact that the SEC got in over FSU is that going to push us more into the arms of the Big Ten? I I think those conversations just are kind of already. Out. Yeah, I, I think those conversations are kind of already a done deal. I think everybody knows where everybody's going at this point, um, and. It's just like matter of time. Yeah. And again, sorry. Like it's been proven over and over again that the Alabamas, uh, Georgia the last three years and LSU that one year, sorry, they were just far better teams. And that's the matter of fact, the best football played mm-hmm. in this country and has been for quite some time has been in the Southeast United States. And aside from one team in Florida state in the early two, uh, 20 teens, you know, it's been in the SEC. Thanks, I hate it. <clears throat> well, that's what he was saying. Yeah. Florida's, Florida's in the southeast, last I checked. That's what I said. Yep. All right. Well, uh, I I mean, what are, what are your guys' thoughts on these two games? I think the Sugar Bowl is going to be more fun to watch. Um, I agree yeah. Michigan is not that impressive. Their schedule sucks. It's just funny how like some of these factors like mm-hmm. were not ever brought into consideration for Michigan, mm-hmm. but did come back to punish other teams. And it's really weird to me. It's, and like, they cheated. Yeah, like super. And they hard. cheated. I just why do we need a committee? This is just really strange. Um, I, I'm not saying computers are better. I think it's just, <laughs> we just need to go ahead and move to what we all know is coming which mm-hmm. is like a different subdivision and then actually have like football on the field rules to get to get to a championship. Well, that's what we'll get with the playoff, but there's always going to be the 13th and the 14th team. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, it'll, <laughs> but no, Ben, people... I'm saying the committee is going to decide the seating. What is yeah. this room of 13 people that don't watch games? Like, why do we think they're going to get this any more right? One through 13 than they have with one through four. Haven't they? I, haven't I'll they? tell you, like, I don't, I don't think they've gotten it right every single year. Like there were all those years where the semis were complete blowouts. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not that like wasn't there was because maybe... there was just two teams those years that were just head and shoulders above everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there I mean, were some those, those semis where guess, were, like... had Ohio state getting blown out like by Clemson, like Ohio yeah. state's a blue blood mm-hmm. Had Notre Dame. A lot of cholesterol in that blood had Oregon. Yeah. Yeah, the playoff committee, like every governing body in the history of the world, is a group of people that are put there in place by a lot of money to essentially corner off Do more money, money to put to put more money back into the money and then also to corner off power 
so that they can have more influence over other aspects of the sport or other sports or whatever f1 if somebody has a connection there so like it's all about like put the people in the room that can on the surface get you like oh we're doing a fair election of the um the right best four teams but at the same time it's like you know i think we we make more money when this conference is in it exactly let's just call it what it is like i'm cool if that's the case let's just call it what it is they've also been the best show me show me where they've got it wrong you can't handle the truth telly i i i I think i disagree with the notion that it is about the four best teams because they should have put georgia in if that was the case like now i agree weird this is a it's a they're trying like at some point if you don't hold that exact standard then it becomes all subjective criteria to get in. And then I think it's bullshit. You leave an undefeated team out. And that's why I've come, uh, I've come over to the 12 team model. Cause like even in the Mm -hmm. NFL, right. Or any other professional sport, you have these divisions and then those are within conferences. And yeah, maybe yeah. there's a clear path, like best record gets in. You get this division winner. That's not as good as the Mm -hmm. third place team in this other division, but you've had that time to play it out. Like there's a system. You're all the same thing. And while all the conferences are still separated and there's no consistency among scheduling and everything. And um, you know, you know, the Alabamas or the, the Georgias don't have to schedule these um, or, you know, teams get away with not scheduling Mm -hmm. like tough power five, you know, conference opponents or out of conference opponents um, until that is all brought in to under one uh, governing body under one, like, I know you have the NCAA, but that let's, we no, know. no, no. Like actually. Yeah. 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 And and Ben, like, let me add to your point. And then you have one. For it all has to be region. the same TV contract. Yeah. They all have to be making the same money and then you will get away with bias. You'll move away from bias. And like the NFL does, it it just simply comes down to record. There's no selection. Yeah, of course. Exactly. It's objective criteria. It's the record you all play. And if you're going to you know, move the sport towards a more mm-hmm. professional NFL style of football, and this controversy the entire freaking time has been about since the history of college football, who the national championship, whether it's the AP national champion or the USA Today national champion or the coaches mm-hmm. poll national champion or, or BCS national champion or the playoff national champion. Like mm-hmm. that's always been the problem, right? Yeah. Nobody complains about the NCAA tournament. Well, that's selected, but there's 68 teams. Um, yeah, yeah. No but, one's complaining about like no one can really cry that hard for Clemson getting left out last year. The you got to get the NCAA out of the way. Mm-hmm. There has to be one competent governing body over the top. How many ever schools in college football, and it all needs to be organized under the same rules, um, same scheduling. Yeah, and everything. And then, and then you the can contract. get there. Then it, then if they're all in the same TV contract with these networks, like the mm-hmm. NFL is. Then it's then it's a more level playing field, and there's no added incentive to get X amount of teams in from this this random conference than others. Um, I mean, the SEC had a horrible year, and yeah, yes, like Alabama and Georgia can be really good, but like this was they the year to like leave them sometimes. out. Yeah, yeah, this was the year to leave them out. To be honest, and I just think it. You're right; it moves to twelve, and that like these teams are going to get in, but like mm-hmm. I do think seeding is a big problem for that, and we're going to be talking about some of these games won't matter also in the regular season then. And mm-hmm. 
resting the starters. You're going to have these weird conference championship games where, like, imagine you're undefeated. You're an undefeated team. Maybe you want to play and win that game to get a bye, or maybe you want to rest your players. And you, and mm-hmm. you maybe, like, just the jockeying for seating and position. Yeah. It's not exactly what happens in basketball, but um, anyway, it's just like a weird, bizarre. It's just, you're gonna get these like weird incentives with the way it's set up. That, I yeah, mean, again, that's why I you you have to go to more of a and these things are gonna change every year mm-hmm. because we're constant flux and chaos in college football until everything settles again into like all the Power Five conferences yeah. and just one gigantic conference. The mm-hmm. scheduling is the same. You have to give up on the fact that these directional schools or FCS opponents aren't getting the money that you're getting, whatever. You're mm-hmm. making them irrelevant in college football with NIL and everything, and so be it. We're going to have to accept that. And if you, at the end of the day, if you want that even playing field, then you're just going to have to you know, pull all these teams together mm-hmm. under one umbrella and administer it equally. Yep. My thing yeah. is like, let's enjoy the last few years when it's chaotic the way it is. Mm-hmm. We're going to have some weird shit in the ACC starting next year where we play SMU, Cal, and Stanford. Not every year, obviously, but, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to be matching up in weird matchups in Boston. You're going to have SMU in Boston. Mm-hmm. So weird. Um, but, like, let's enjoy the chaos of the sport that it is. I'm just saying <laughs> I think it's okay to feel bad for Florida State getting jobs yeah. here without sympathizing with Noel fans who we hate. Mm-hmm. Um, it just like I don't know. There's some aspects of the sport that continue to kind of change and die out every year as we keep moving, and it's a little bit sad. But I don't know. You still got to celebrate the chaos that we have, and yeah. I'm gonna try yeah. to enjoy the novelty. Uh, yeah, until it goes to a completely semi-pro league or professional mm-hmm. league, and then I think they're gonna move back to more of a regional structure. Like, yeah, so you won't have a Pac-12 ever again. But but I think you will end up having more like a West Coast or like a Central West division. Um, so that's it. It'll settle. People will stop spending money in NIL for all these kids that don't end up panning out or transfer, right? Like we're still mm-hmm. at the very beginning stages of that. It'll settle. I think to your point, Tully, like in the meantime, have fun watching Clemson and Davo adapt to the changing landscape and still being able to keep up with the Joneses and somehow work their way back into a playoff in a national championship game in like three or four years, you know, no matter what Mm -hmm. the outside circumstances are, you're still all playing, you know, technically Mm -hmm. by the same rules and in the same environment. So, you know, that's still fun. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I hate that kids are leaving all the time and moving every year. You know, the money part I care less about, you know, except for the, the potential tampering with the transfer portal, with the, the, the lure of the carrot, of nil mm-hmm. money but otherwise and i'm a, nil money doesn't bother me at all yeah i think what sucks for me like i'm gonna lament the conference rivalries that have ended yes and, like that will end starting next year and that are just gonna like if you if you aren't gonna have bedlam you're not gonna have like the civil war or the apple cup like that mm-hmm. that is where tradition dies and that sucks and I'm hopeful that the, but there's nothing stopping these athletic directors and these departments from at least scheduling that one game against that rival, the way Clemson mm-hmm. and South Carolina have. Well, and when you and get we'll back into a regional model, like who's to say South Carolina and Clemson couldn't be in the same region or Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, yeah, yeah. or Kansas, Missouri, or the Washington teams, right? It'll, <laughs> yeah. it'll, it can happen. It'll get there. And I think we'll go back to that. Right now, everybody's just jumping ship 
and just going for the money grab and and, and yeah. jumping to the place that thinks of that gives them the best opportunity to succeed while the landscape is changing. Nobody, there's not an adult in charge and it's still chaotic, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, we, we're, we're definitely in the intermediate times right now Yeah, between mm -hmm. the old systems and leagues and money is driving it all. And that's the part that is not that great and enjoyable, but the long-term nature of the sport is going to move to one where every, and again, it's not going to be all 129 P, uh, whatever FBS teams it's or 131. I don't know how many they have now. Um, Who cares? It's going to be like 40 or 50. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's going to be like the power five, but sorry, Vanderbilt, not so fast. Northwestern wake mm -hmm. forest. Nice yeah. to know. Yeah. For like, football, but basketball mm -hmm. football, and baseball and 100%. all the other Olympic sports can just be their own thing. I think that right. the, the, the most disappointing and frustrating thing about the whole money part of it is yeah, great. The kids are making money on the NIL deals, but throughout all of this, the people who are padding their pockets the most by, by encouraging this stuff, giving them whatever they want to build the biggest, um, you know, uh, um, they want to build the NFL products is they're not yeah. football players. They're not yeah, even football coaches. TV they're, execs. They're network. Execs. And then some administrators. Right. Yeah. Whereas, yeah. I mean, Jim Harbaugh, give him credit. He called for paying the players during his, he's like, give them a bigger chunk. He's like, I'm excited next year. We're moving to 12. Like he's like, I've been doing it for years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> give them sandwiches. Right. Yeah. You know, I thought burgers. those were pleats of my burgers. khaki pants. Those were stack of hundreds. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like, they're trying to, they, they look at the NFL and the insane amount of revenue that you can squeeze out of every angle from the professional football league and go, Hey, we can just create that same thing, but just like the college version of that. And then on eventually Saturday. it won't be, yeah, on Saturday and it'll be its own thing and it'll be separated from college eventually. And another thing about the committee and all this change is that like, if the rules are always subjective, you're never wrong. You can never be fired. You can never be replaced because yeah. the, the goalposts are wherever you want them to be, baby. So that's what the, that's I mean what the committee does. I think if you see a severe drop off in viewership of the bowl seat, like they'll respond to, they'll respond to what hurts them, which is if viewership is way down, advertisers won't give them as much money moving forward. Money won't be there as much. Like if, you know, that's, that's how people can vote, vote with your eyeballs, mm -hmm. vote with your actions. Um, that's the only way things will change or, or where they'll realize they made a mistake if that's ultimately what they did. Yeah, you, you're talking about SMU in Boston. They're playing Boston College in the Wasabi Fenway Bowl this year. So that's their go. first taste of the, of the frigid, frigid cold. Nice. What was Wasabi doing in Boston? <laughs> like, none Wasabi. of this makes sense. Again, the yeah. NIL, the transfer portal, like, none of it is really about these 18 to 22, well, in COVID era, 28-year-old kids' interests. It's not, right? They're like placating them like, okay we're gonna, we'll give you this we'll give you this but you know as long as you keep the brand and the product strong mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah and they're they're talking about now introducing like stipend of budgets that athletic departments can use to basically pay players but there's mm -hmm. like crazy low caps on it um where it's, it's like, like a 30 grand or something revenue. it's like a fraction of the revenue in the sport it's like a joke it's insulting and it's something like 10 million per school Whereas if that number was 15, like mm -hmm. the networks wouldn't bat an eye and 
that would be a substantial, like it's 50% more than what's being proposed. But I just think like, why cap it, you know, make it more tied to um, the actual earnings, make it actual revenue sharing. Death to the national media conglomerate, bring back regional networks, Raycom, Jefferson, Jefferson bring it back, baby. Break it down. Bring it back to our level. Time is a flat circle. I, I feel like just going or just put it on all the te- like put it on I all want the streaming more cat platforms. Coloring I know a lot of them are yeah. A lot of them are owned by the same you know, Disney owns a lot of them, all that. But uh yeah, distribute it more broadly. Mm-hmm. Anyway. All right. This is a long show. We got anything else? Got a lot to talk about. Yeah. That's um, true. The pop the Pop Tarts Bowl is actually at 2.45 on Thursday, the day before ours. So I'm going to say that the Gator Bowl is better. Yeah, you know what? I am going to go buy a box of Pop Tarts. And even though I never eat shit like that anymore, I'm just going to watch the game and just fucking eat Pop Tarts. Are you going to toast them first or eat them cold? I usually just eat them cold because we never oh, were fancy disgusting. enough to do that as a kid. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Pop Tarts. Get off your, your Pop Tart horse. Pop tarts taste like dried paint on a piece of cardboard. Toaster strudel—that was where the real jam was at. Toaster strudel. I mean, yeah. Do you want to just basically put a bunch of autumn leaves in your mouth? <laughs> Getting spicy at minute 194 <laughs> of the podcast. Yeah, we got the pastry. Well, pastry wars have started. <laughs> pastry wars. <laughs> All right, Jared's got the real pastries. Uh, uh, he's the pastry winner of the night with his Bob's donuts. I didn't That's even true, go David. in. I just walked Their bear by claws are them. insane. Shout out to yeah. Bob's Donuts in San Francisco. My dad always talks about them. It's like the one thing that he loved the most about his trip here. So shout out to Bob. Best donuts yeah. I've ever had in my life. They're amazing. They're good. At 2 a.m. All right, let's wrap it up there, fellas. <laughs> good discussion. Uh, great to get back on the air with y'all. Mm-hmm. We had a lot to cover. A lot happening. We will be back. We're going to get Quacking Tiger on. Probably mm-hmm. get Dustin Black on. We've been chatting yep. quite a bit about some of the changes. He's got a lot to say. So um, thank you. Thank you to everyone. Regular season's over. We're going to yep. get another game in here in the 2023 season and then turn mm-hmm. the page to 24. Uh, the best is yet to come. I think I believe that now. It's been a while since I believe that. Mm-hmm. But I kind of think maybe not better than the highest of highs we've had, but good shit is yet to come. Let's put it I that love way. that. I mean, mm-hmm. theoretically, the best is always yet to come until you die, so. Hmm. Wise words. Wise, Wise words. words. We'll wrap on those. Thanks, everyone, mm-hmm. for tuning in. And as always, go Tigers. Austin, you know, compared to some of the other coaches we've complained about, at least Austin coached the position at Georgia State, which is an FBS school. Um, but yeah, it, it just makes you scratch your head um, and wonder why Dabo. <laughs> I know it's ridiculous. It's, it's a lot of head scratching. <laughs> a lot of head scratching. Okay, we're going to pause it here. <laughs> Are you good? Are you good? I see try to F off. <laughs> well, it's like I'm, I'm trying to like have my train of thought of like what I'm trying to say. And I hear like. No, 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 no. Well, that's why I said let's just talk about it. And, and then 
instead of type about it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then try to F off. Yeah. Sorry to break the break the train of thought. It's fine. I lost my shit when I saw that. Um, <laughs>